Hey y'all, it's Nathan Resnick from Sourceify, and today we've got another epic guest on e-commerce on tap. This is a show about the entrepreneurs, creators, and agencies that make up the e-commerce world and the stories behind how they grew. Crack your brew because here comes another amazing episode. Hey, what's up? It's Nathan Resnick. Today we have another epic episode of e-commerce on tap. And our guest today is one of my favorites, Steve Weiss of, of Mute 6. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? What's up, man? I'm happy to be on the podcast, bro. Let's, uh, let's start cranking. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to have you. Let me, let me first kind of get a background of, of you know, how you started in the e-commerce industry and, and what you did before Mute 6. Cool, man. So I've been in the internet marketing world since I was 16. Uh, my first company was in the, in the lead generation space. So I, I was in it. early on, I was one of those uh, SEM guys who would arbitrage mortgage traffic to generate leads. So when wow. Play Network came out, I was, I was always fascinated with auctions. Maybe it was because I loved, uh, loved gambling as a kid. Had a <laughs> <laughs> I love spending money to try and make money. So yeah. I've always been uh, really keen to figure out auction dynamics of uh, paid of paid advertising. So I got in, I guess, 2004, um, 2003. That's, you know, sometime between the senior year of high school. And I started uh, as an affiliate marketer, very humbly, of figuring out, can I drive profitability? Can I arbitrage a click or an impression to getting an effective cost per lead? Got it. That's incredible. And, and now that's transitioning to your, you know, own incredible agency you guys work with hundreds or dozens of clients around the world. I mean, tell us more about your main focus and, and what you guys have been learning over the past, you know, what is it, almost five, six years now of being in business? Cool, man. Yeah, so 2007, I was in college and uh, Facebook came out. It used to be called The Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this little thing, it was called Mark Zuckerberg, a Mark Zuckerberg production, if you remember. Yeah. Page. And uh, I, was, I, was in, I, was, I used to be a stand-up comedian. So when I first oh, started... Wow. Book. it was to drive people to my come to my comedy shows so i'd actually run ads on facebook to get people to come to my comedy shows on campus and just being in the earliest stages and seeing how powerful it is you know from social proof to comments to draw to influencing people's actions i saw that there was this kind of like massive opportunity that no one was really exploring they saw it as a social platform where people wish each other happy birthday and poke each other which is kind of weird but i, I saw it right. as wow, this is a disruption of commerce. Uh, this is right. like a leveling of the playing field per se, where you don't have to be a multi-million dollar advertiser to see performance. So right. fast forward to 2011, um, still doing uh, performance marketing, mainly as an affiliate marketer. Um, I got into e-commerce. I saw like, obviously newsfeed just came out, the ads on the news, newsfeed. And I started, you know, mainly it was before the music six, it was just Steve. Mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> me um mainly just working with a, a couple partners and just mm -hmm. trying to figure out like how do i scale at profitability right you know, i'm working with on the platform how do i keep keep a cpa or keep a roas mm -hmm. and at the same time spend more money and Got it. really really successful i think facebook has built a number of tools that make ads look very native to the platform right, so right. from there we expanded uh, i went on a trip to israel and i uh, i met a couple guys who uh who i ended up hiring and Amazing. uh Fast forward. The Israelis are the smartest, man. I have got, I got cousins over there. I tell them to come over here and I'll hire them. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, I guess there's something something in the water over there, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> smart, uh, smart people all over the world. But, but, yeah, I end up hiring two people. And uh, fast forward four and a half years later, uh, you know, we're a team of about 48. Um, wow. I guess our bread and butter is like we're kind of in that intersection between creative and direct response. 
response. So mm-hmm. you know, like we have a full creative studio. Like my background is in creative, being a comedian, and wow. video editing. So I love getting right. into weeds on creative. So right. we're kind of at that mixture. Between yeah. I want to touch on that creative side and also just say, I, I love the story because I feel like, you know, the successful companies that I see and the successful founders and CEOs that I see, they actually start by doing what they're solving for their customers. You know, like for, for me at Sourceify, I, I used to live in China. I speak Mandarin. I had that manufacturing side of the table down and now we help hundreds of companies manufacture products around the world. And for you, you saw that you could, you know, get a great CPA to drive traffic and drive conversions. And now you do that for hundreds of companies around the world. And I think that's just an amazing tie into you know, the creation and founding of Mute 6. So diving into the creation side, you know, the creativity side, I got to ask, you know, how do you find your creative spark? You know, where does that come from? And how do you kind of continue to grow that as you build out your, your creative team? On a personal level, I always, I always compared Facebook ads or Facebook advertising to stand-up comedy. If I went on stage and I started talking about some random topics that nobody ever heard of, I'm going to get the crickets in the crowd. Right. Every, every comedian, if you're out there, has heard the crickets where you're, you're <laughs> talking about your story and everyone's like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you here? Like, what are you doing? And then um, very similar to Facebook, if you have a message and a creative that just doesn't resonate, people can't empathize with, people don't really understand the feeling of the creative, then obviously they're not going to engage. They're not going to click. They're not going to mm-hmm. buy. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously once you go on stage, you know, there's this magical feeling in stand-up comedy of connecting with your audience. They understand exactly where you're coming from. They get it. They're like, wow, I, I know what it's like to be in detention and have it, and be bored and trying to find the end of the internet. I, I get it. Like I know what it's like. And uh, the minute you connect with your audience in comedy, it's this magical moment of, in your life where you just feel connected to society and think right. like at a very you know macro level it's just like that in facebook ads when you come up with a video or a creative that really disrupts and really connects with the audience you know it's very it's very it's like magical because you mm-hmm. see it going viral and you see you see you know results immediately right exactly that's incredible and so across your team i mean i know for example i've talked to e-commerce entrepreneurs like ryan the founder of original grain watches and and they you know, for them, they hired a creative director, and, and I assume you have one at your agency as well. How do you continue to, to flow, especially on the agency level, how do you flow those ideas and pick which ones are going to work? I mean, obviously, you have to be data-driven, but how do you get maybe that set, uh, or like, does it start from a brainstorming session? How does it actually, like, come down to, you know, getting those ads made and seeing which ones are going to convert at the highest rate? There's two like main thought areas with that topic. It's number one, we have a templated system of different types of video that people engage with on Facebook. We have mm-hmm. kind of like a business insider explainer video. We have life, lifestyle videos, viral videos. There's, we, we've templated out six, five or six different types of video. Wow. The goal is we want to create experiences for all consumers we work with. We want to, every ad has to be an experience because people hate advertising. Mm-hmm. And then uh, secondly, you know, working directly with Facebook on all the new creative specs that are coming out. We do a lot of Facebook lives now. We inter- intertwine that with, with paid social. So, nice. so if you could imagine, you know, being in an experience where, you know, you're seeing something live, then it stops. <laughs> that video is then, you know, recorded and ran as an ad. Then it right. starts up and, you know, you're getting all those comments. You're getting all that engagement and you know, running that with paid social is like a magic, it's, it's a magical recipe for success. 
Got it. Wow. That's incredible. So what walk me through that process? Like, so someone's like live broadcasting and they're running ads at the same time to those people, or is that just, can you do in ads on live video or? Can't do in ads on live video yet. Okay. Hopefully that's coming down the proper, but um, yeah. what you can do is, uh, you, you know, once the video is done, it turns into what you call a post. Got it. So okay. While you're going live, you have a ton of people commenting similar to like being on QVC where they're like, right. Whoa, that's, that's an amazing dress. I love that top, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, love that. I love that doorbell. And you have all these people commenting, stops. And then, you know, then you could run that as an ad. Then you could open that up to new audiences. But then you go back live, you know, coming soon, something new, and then you stop. Run that as an ad. Then you could come back live, and then you could have another live right. talking about the next next piece of content. And you can right. put That's all right. these different live videos together and kind of build a sequence, a sequential ad um, system, you know? That's awesome. And so you, you started on Facebook years ago. So you've seen their ad platform just transition dramatically. I mean, what do you think of, I, I mean, I assume that the CPC costs are going up in some dynamic, which is going to reflect CPA costs. I mean, it's like AdWords, you know, uh, AdWords, when they started, what, 10 plus years ago, the CPC costs were super low. And now you have some keywords that are super competitive where you're paying, you know, 15, 20 plus dollars for a click, which is crazy. I mean, it's insane. Is that, is that where Facebook's heading? I mean, where's the opportunity there? And, and you know, first touch on how has it transitioned in your years of, of being a Facebook advertiser? Yeah, so it's definitely going up. Remember, like, it's not always about the cost per clicks or because not everyone wants to optimize for clicks. It's not about right. the cost per impression because everyone doesn't want to optimize for impressions. So. Mm -hmm. You know, when, you, when you're analyzing the cost basis on Facebook, you know, it's really, it's really important to understand that, like, the way you're measuring it might not be indicative of what people want to get out of the platform. Right. So, overall, you know, in a, in a very large sense, yeah, the Facebook ad prices are going up, but there's still, but there's still tons of efficiencies on the platform where you can get mm -hmm. efficient cost per actions. And, if, and the reason being is that if you're good at creative, you know, the, the, the community on Facebook or the community right. of people they're marketing to. I always call Facebook a community because that's mm -hmm. what it is, people. It's right. not like searches, you know, Google's not a community. It's just not right. people searching for stuff. Facebook right. is a community, so hard to compare the two. But if you have content yeah. that resonates, that solves a problem, it's in Facebook's best interest to serve that content to more and more and more people because that's what's going to get people. That's what's going to improve the engagement rate on the platform. Right. That's what's going to keep users happy. And that's Facebook's number one goal is to keep users happy and coming back. Got it. That's epic. That's so cool. I want to dive into, you know, music specifically and kind of understand w w what's your favorite part of the business. And then, you know, once you touch on that in terms of what you guys love to do, I want to kind of walk into a case study. You know, I see like me undies on your website, which is one of my favorite brands. I mean, their underwear is incredible. You know, walk us through what's your favorite part to do. And then, you know, touch on uh, like one of your favorite projects, whether it be with me undies or a certain uh, e-commerce store. Yeah, cool. So I guess the first question was, say that again, your first question. Your, your, your favorite part of uh, Mood 6, you know, what, what do you guys love to do? Well, personally, I could talk to personally. I love being ahead of the game on creative. I love like what's coming out of the popper six months from now. I, I pride myself on really, you know, not, 
you know, not being complacent. I think like there's a lot of complacency in companies and how like the methodology of how they run, how they operate and how they manage people. I, mm-hmm. I built an environment where we're, tr- we're, it's part of our DNA that we want to be six months ahead of what's going on. So nice. obviously like, you know, when video came out, we built a video creative studio you know, a year before everyone else was focused on video. Um, mm-hmm. Right now where we know we look at the future of being live video, augmented mm-hmm. reality and, we're really preparing, you know, Messenger is big for us. So we're right. preparing our team to kind of be ahead of the game when it comes to having the tools necessary to be successful with these. Nice. New platforms. So that's the, the thing I'm most passionate about. Is I love. Yeah. I want to talk I'm about the, the, the Messenger dynamic. I mean, I see so many companies like trying to intertwine, you know, Facebook Messenger pop-ups and stuff like that. Is that, you know, proven to be successful? I mean, I see people that are trying to transition their, email list to a messenger like bot subscription you know is that something that you really see as the future or is that just really specific towards the facebook community oh i think it's the future man i i I know it might seem weird for people listening to this who are so used to email but Mm -hmm. you ask someone who's 16 years old or 17 Mm -hmm. years old you know someone in that younger i guess what they call the not the millennial but the generation z i think right if you ask a couple of disease you know You know, how do I get a hold of you? They're going to be like, oh, just hit me up on Messenger. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me right. up on Facebook. So right. the behavior, I always say, like, the behavior of people is what's mm-hmm. going to influence change. So if it's, right. you know, people are used to getting messages, they're not going to, email marketing is not going to be what it's going to be, you know, five right. years from now. So exactly. I think that that behavior is that people want to be consuming content on Messenger. So I feel like that's going to be, it's kind of going to be the future. So we're, you know, as far as Messenger bots, Mm-hmm. Facebook has put up some pretty strict guidelines that had to leverage bots on the platform. Right. But right. I think you know, being thoughtful about how you, you know, reach out to customers through Messenger, mm-hmm. maybe in a sequential format and attributing that to your ad to your ad strategy is right. really important because that's planning for the future. Got it. Yeah, that's huge. So walk, walk me through uh, one of these studies. I mean, I want to kind of understand some of your favorite projects. Um, you know, pick one that, that you love that you've done, you know, I guess, earlier this year or last year? I mean, you know, what, what, what do you really love to do and walk us through like how you maybe took a customer that was having a, you know, too high of a CPA and how you were able to lower that cost per acquisition through, you know, Facebook ads or AdWords or whatever it may be. I mean, I guess what excited me uh, when I look at case studies is, you know, I always like to say like mute six, look, we want to solve the most hardest solution of your business. Mm-hmm. Like if we're working with a client, like I don't want to come in and solve remarketing. I don't want right. to come in solve your retention problem mm-hmm. I, I want to come in and, and you know have the most positive impact on, on the business and usually that's solving what we call discovery whatever right. discovery is discovery traffic sources and you know i like working with early stage companies i, I love that that's that's it's kind of a passion as well as taking something from nothing and i guess one a great example of that could be the pre-heels case study where we you know we first started working with pre-heels they didn't they weren't doing anything on facebook there was there was no audience data there was just a great product that, you know, solved a very, very, very difficult need, which is, right. you know, women who wear high heels, you know, there's a lot of friction on that heel and right. really, it's painful. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't know, but I'm sure the woman, you know, listening I, can only, I can only, I can only uh, communicate that pain from being around the, the women I'm close right. to uh, say that, you know, walking around the, the cost of being beautiful per se. Right. You know? Right. And, um, you know, the question is, how do you communicate this message to new co- to new people who've never heard of a brand and say, you know, mm-hmm. you create an experience around the product. And, right. 
know, we launched the product from scratch. Um, wow. In the first six months, we had a, an, an amazing amount of success. Um, and I think that was, that was probably one of the most exciting, you know, case studies is building a product from nothing. Uh, right. Obviously. So, so when you were working with that company, how did you find that discovery period? Like, for example, like, let's say tomorrow I'm starting my own line of uh, sunglasses and I want to understand what kind of creatives I should put out there, what even what kind of ads I should be running. I mean, how were you able to start on the on the ground floor and, and have that? Level of success. Number one, we created a kind of a uh, kind of almost like a think tank or a mind map mm-hmm. on solving a solution. I always say focus on the solution. That's to everything I do is focus mm-hmm. on the solution. The solution is very simple for this brand. It's that women have high heels and it's it, you know, friction and we have a solution for that specific problem. So right. building video content around showing, A, here's the problem. You know, you'd agree, you'd empathize with this storyline of mm-hmm. walk around in high heels and, you know, you're, you're in pain after two hours later. Um, right. And then B, here's a solution. Here's, and then on top of that, here's why the solution is a solution for your problem. Mm-hmm. Here's mm-hmm. the reason why this product is the best solution for the product. For your, your problem. And from there, you start thinking of iterating different ways of telling that message. Maybe you tell that message through a video you create. Maybe a brand... Mm-hmm tells that message but or maybe an influencer tells that message right maybe you partner with someone else another influencer who has this problem who people can empathize with who could tell this story right and then all paid social is in in marketing all facebook ads and marketing is is very simple it's just amplifying a message Mm -hmm. like i always say like facebook ads are always good the message that you're you're putting out it doesn't matter what audience it doesn't matter if you don't have a good message right it's not gonna resonate <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably the best audiences in the world you can do all the brilliance of marketing if you're if you people don't trust your message then you're you're not actually going to be successful in the product right. so that's how i usually start i start by saying well, you know problem solution why and then action and then i uh then then we start taking you know building social proof for that video we start figuring out how do we drive like shares comments right and lastly, how do we, once we have social proof on the video, mm-hmm. how do we transfer that post idea, that video across super profitable ad sets? How do right, we exactly. Take that video and, you know, transfer it across 10, 11. So, so diving into ad sets, you know, let's say I'm running, you know, ads that uh, I want to scale up my ads, you know, and I think my CPAs are too high. What are three main things that you would look at to try to lower my CPAs? Like what should I be testing within that campaign that could potentially, you know, drastically lower my CPA? Um, number one, bidding strategy. Um, you know, if your CPAs are really high, maybe start thinking of manual bidding if you're not doing manual bidding already. Um, and maybe if you want to be aggressive and keep a CPA, maybe you up your manual bid by 10, 20% what the suggested bid is, then you start bringing it down little by little throughout the day. Got it. So looking at time day parting. Um, if you have audiences that are really converting and you're on manual bidding, and you're bidding for a CPA, you're hitting the suggested CPA in the manual bid, then maybe you take it off manual bid and you say you, you do auto optimize. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Number one, you know, bidding strategy. Um, we do a lot of really cool stuff on the bidding side. Bidding is, I think, one of the more interesting elements of Facebook ads is really tell, telling Facebook how much you're willing to pay for a specific action. Um, number it. two, very, very simply, it's uh, conversion optimization what, what, or, or optimization mm-hmm. objective. Um, what do you want to optimize for? You have 10 million people that you can show a message to. Uh, right. If 
you optimize for conversions, Facebook's going to say, well, I'm going to charge you more money because I'm going to find the most people most likely to do an action in this mm -hmm. large group of people. Um, maybe that's great. Maybe you tell Facebook to optimize for conversions. Well, if you're really trying to build a funnel and you're really thinking very thoughtfully about you know, the the process in which someone's going to consume your product, right? Maybe you might want to say, "Hey, I want them to view and read a piece of content before they make a purchase." I'm willing to say that you know mm -hmm. someone's much more likely to make a purchase after they view or read this piece of content. Right. So, I always say bidding strategy, conversion optimization, creative, um, you know, video. Obviously, I don't need to harp on how important it is to have video but i don't want people just to go create video just to say i have video but right i think that, you know having a strategy around mobile video of like building content that people would be excited to consume mm -hmm. that your audience would happily consume I, I would say is a huge huge priority for brands is that you can't just have shitty brand video you have to have something that someone would love to consume right exactly that's crazy. It, 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 there's so many ways in, to test and optimize with Facebook ads that a lot of people don't even realize the different dynamics that you can dive in to really optimize your campaigns. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So, you know, kind of whenever I, I close up, I like to always ask people, you know, number one about the current news, what's going on. You know, people just heard about the news of Facebook kind of changing up their algorithm. How big of effect do you think that has on advertisers? I mean, is that really going to drastically change uh, the, the advertising landscape on Facebook? Um, I don't think it has anything to do with really the advertising landscape. I think that Facebook is looking at the engagement rates of consumers on inside of their app. Um, Facebook, I mean, if you ask Mark or Mark Zuckerberg or anyone at mm -hmm. the top of Facebook, the absolute most important area of their business that they care most about is the engagement. They want people coming back. They want people you know, they want to closen the, the connection between people. That's the, right. that's what they're out to do. That's, that's the problem they want to solve. They, they don't care about ads and, mm -hmm. and it's good for us because us marketers, because they're, they're focused on developing connections between people and all the new algorithm update says is that this is their focus. Now it's on the table that, that we want to focus specifically on this. So if you're a publisher, you're not deepening the relationship between consumers. So we're uh -huh. not going to prioritize you on the newsfeed. If you're, you're a fan page that brings no purpose to someone's life you're not going to be prioritized on the news feed so right. the key is yeah you're gonna to have to pay for those it has nothing to do with advertising or marketing maybe you know maybe some people receive less ads but i think overall it's, it has nothing to do with that specific area i don't mm -hmm. you know talking to multiple people there this is not right to us like we've seen this we've seen organic reach being cut time again so i just think understanding you know how Facebook thinks about their, their platform as an, an organization wide will help you really understand the best ways to navigate it for your business. Definitely. That's awesome. And, and wrapping up here, I mean, one of the questions that I always like to end on in terms of the, the future of, of e-commerce and where you see the biggest opportunity today, you know, if you were going to go start your own e-commerce company tomorrow and needed to find a way to, to grow it through paid advertising, what channel would you utilize and what kind of content would you, would you be uh, running? Um, I love, I know this is kind of a crazy, crazy answer, but, you know, I'm always thinking ahead and I'm always like trying to really understand, you know, what the future of how people consume stuff. Um, I'd like to, if I'm going to build a brand for the future, um, I'm going to build a brand with a content piece built into the brand. So obviously having an influencer that can create, in, you know, content that on a long form basis, whether it's maybe episodes, whether it's, 
you know, specific stuff, having an influencer that, that you could partner with or someone that's recognizable that you could partner with for the brand and build a kind of like a long form content creation um, mm-hmm. and maybe different episodes of Facebook lives, you know, around, I'll give you an example. Let's say you're a, you know, travel backpack company, you know, right. travel backpacks. Well, you've decided to partner with James, who's a, who's a digital nomad and he's mm-hmm. traveling all over the world and every single place he travels to, he gets, uh, he gets, uh, you know, he gets out of his plane and takes a Facebook live and talks right. about, Hey, I'm James. Here's my book bag. I don't go anywhere else without it. Mm-hmm. This, you know, my travels are sponsored by this specific company and really integrations between content and ads is I think the future of marketing. People mm-hmm. don't want to be marketed to. So number one, I would build a product that serves a solution to a need. Got it. Number two, I built like an in-house internal content piece to serve that need. I got, mm-hmm. I want to communicate with my audience on a daily basis. I don't want to just communicate with them through ads. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that make sense? The way I'm Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head there. We're actually creating a product that fits a need. You know, I think that's one of the biggest dynamics and it's very hard to, to launch a brand that doesn't really specifically address a, a, a certain consumer. You know, you have so many brands that want to start with such a broad approach but they don't actually address a specific consumer. And so, you know, with that, Steve, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on e-commerce on tap. Where can people find you? Oh, they can find me uh, on our podcast. We have a, I'm on the podcast uh, pretty often. If you like hearing my voice and you like some of the ideas I'm talking <laughs> about, you can tune in to um, spend 10 K a day podcast um, in the app store. That's spend 10 K a day. <laughs> and, I love um, it. Or you could email me at steve at mute6.com. Um, I love meeting cool people who share like the same passion as I do for, uh, for you know, creating really, really cool stuff. Amazing. Well, Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, tune in to the next episode of e-commerce on tap. Thanks again. And we'll catch you later. And there you have it. Thanks again for tuning in to e-commerce on tap. If you could like subscribe, tell a friend, Really spread the word about the information we're getting out there. That would be much appreciated. Also, if you have any manufacturing questions or need help with your manufacturing, feel free to reach out to Sourceify for the fastest growing manufacturing platform, helping hundreds of companies produce products around the world. Thanks again and have a great one.